Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. I'm going to deal with a subject today that's come different for me. Um, last week, uh, God kept waking me up in a dream. And in the dream, He kept telling me to preach the name of Jesus. And I don't know why I didn't get up. Usually I would just get up and write some stuff down, but I was in such a deep sleep. It was so emphatic from God, I would wake up thinking, please don't let me forget you told me this. And then I'd go back to sleep, and it was just, it wouldn't let me sleep much the rest of the night. He just kept coming and saying, it's in the name of Jesus. So that's all he would tell me. So, of course, I got up the next morning, went straight into prayer and began to pray. If you notice, most all the songs tonight was talking about the name of Jesus. Um, but I told my wife, I kind of feel like Peter when Peter was on a rooftop, you know, um, praying before supper one night. He had he went into a trance and had a vision, and God began to show him things that flipped the script completely. The Gentiles were being brought in and no one had ever heard it. And that's kind of the way I feel like. I feel like God took me in a dream to flip the script uh, on being baptized in the name of Jesus. So we're going to work with that and hopefully through an illustrated message if all that works out for us. So I want to drop some scriptures and I want you to understand before I start, you got to stay with me today, that... What I've learned just by studying a week or so, getting ready, that if we don't understand what that means, the name of Jesus, we never access the power of it. Think about it. Everything in the kingdom is built around what? Every prayer you pray is supposed to be what? (laughs) Everything you're supposed to do is what? In the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to try to go a little deeper and hopefully you're going to leave here this morning with a deeper understanding of that. And I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to start off in Acts 2, 37, 38. But I, I, it's going to be hard because I'm going to be swimming upstream today uh, because of culture, because of other doctrines, because of a lot of things. And, and it's going to be hard for you to listen to me and not think I'm preaching on water baptism. So I need you to look at your neighbor right now and tell him he ain't talking about water. Now, I could go on and preach on water baptism, but I'm not. So I need you to look at your neighbor and tell him he's not talking about water. So every time I start dealing with baptism today... I need you to get in your mind and say to yourself, he ain't talking about water. Are you ready to go? Acts chapter number 2, verse number 37 says, and I'll maybe go back and allude to this scripture because I'm jumping right in the middle. Well, let me tell you, this is Acts chapter number 2. This is the birth of the church, amen? And this is the first message of the New Covenant, New Testament church. I mean, this is right out of the gate. And Peter's standing on the platform, if you will, preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Right? 
I mean the brand new message of the brand new church. And all the people that were in Jerusalem are hearing the sermon. And the Bible says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Another place is, what shall we do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized Every one of you in the name. Somebody shout in the name. In the name of Jesus Christ for what? For the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Go to Philippians with me, chapter number two. I'm going to begin in verse number five. It says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That is probably one of the most terrible translations from an Eastern culture and from the Greek over into English. So while he's there, but I didn't want to confuse you, I will read it from another translation. Same scripture, just stay where you are, Jason. It's actually translated, he existed in the form of God, but he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as a supreme prize. In other words, God, Jesus didn't sit there and say, no, I'm equal with God and I'm not going anywhere. Are you getting the picture of the humble serving Savior? Like we like to hold on to positions and prestige. He said, I'll give it up. I give up deity and take on humanity. Next scripture, verse number seven. But instead, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Look at Jesus. And he become obedient unto death, even the cursed death of the cross. And because of it, somebody shout, because of it. And because of his character, because of the very nature of Jesus Christ, because he was willing, amen, Sister Helen, to humble himself, because of it, God has highly exalted him and given him a, thank you, and given him a name, which is what? Above every name. Oh, I pray after this this teaching this morning, you don't never read that Bible the same again. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, let me throw another one in the mix. Vince Jason's got it. It's Ephesians 1, 20, 21. You ain't got to turn there. He'll throw it up there. I'm starting right in the middle, but I, I'm, I'm establishing the name. It says, which he wrought in Christ, talking about God raising Christ from the dead, when he raised him from the dead and set him where? At his own right hand in heavenly places. Here's the one I want you to get. Far above. All principalities and power and might and dominion 
and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that world which is to come. I really feel like I bit off more than I could chew when I began to study this because it's from Genesis to Revelations and the power of it is just unexplainable. So I pray today I could not confuse you but flow through it enough for, for you to begin to see the magnitude of understanding the name of Jesus. And if you just look up name in the Greek out of that scripture, it's anoma. And it, 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 in your Greek it says that name means authority. Your character is in that name. Your reputation, your intrinsic essence, the person you are. Personality is wrapped up in a name. So a name has to do with identity, reputation, character. Are you with me? It's so much bigger in the Eastern culture than it is the Western culture. But it also has to do with position, status, and authority. That's going to be important. I need you to remember that. That, that name, it's not just my person or my personality. It's not the intrinsic essence of, of, of who I am only. It also establishes my status as a person, my position as a person. Uh, are you with me? For, for example, I could give you a check. I could write you a check, but you have no authority to cash that check unless I authorized it with my signature. Amen? In other words, my name authorizes you to access the funds that are available. Somebody say they something about that name. My name. I mean, you can have the check and you can have it written out. Uh, believe me, I've done this before, especially Renee, trust me, to sign our checks. And they call me at the bank and say, we do not, we're not authorized to access what is available because we don't have that authority without your name. Now, in the Hebrew and even the pagan culture, Names were not just identifiers. Names revealed, like I said, character. It revealed position. It revealed status and even ability to the point that pagans would name their gods. And the name of their god revealed the character and the presumed ability of that god. Amen. You're going to start noticing this in your Bible. They, would, they, would, they were carved gods, they were created gods, but nevertheless, they would name that God because they needed to know what that God was responsible for. They needed to know what they were responsible for. And, and even in the pagan world, the reason they needed to know the name of that God is because they could know what to expect out of that God. But not only to expect out of that God, they would know what they re could require that God to do. If they knew his name, they could come to that God and say, okay, this is what your name says you can do. We require you do it. Now, don't go too far with that. I'm not telling you we require, tell God what he's required to do. 
but in essence, it's tied together. For instance, uh, you, there's, there's a few names that you will remember right off the bat. Uh, the, the God called Baal. Y'all remember Baal? He's all through the Bible. Well, Baal was created as a fertility god. So when they needed to or wanted, when they was barrenness, they would go to Baal and knowing he's a fertility god and pray in the name of Baal for fertility. And you can just go all through the Bible. Another pretty popular god was Dagon. Remember Dagon? He's half man, half fish. They had him sitting up in there. He was made out of stone. And he, it actually comes from the word grain or agriculture. So in other words, when, when the crops wasn't doing good and money wasn't coming in, they could go to Dagon and expect him to perform based on their finances. Well, can I tell you, Moses, when he was told by God to go deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt because the children of Israel had been in bondage for 400 years, they had been under the influence of multitudes of pagan gods. They had a God for everything. Amen. They had a God for everything. And so when he, God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to go get my people out of Egypt because Moses knew the culture. He knew the pagan culture. He knew, he knew uh, the Israelites had been under this influence of this God, that God, that God. And he literally says in the book of Exodus, it says, And Moses said unto God, When I come to the children of Israel, and I tell them that the God of your fathers has sent me to get you, they're going to say to me, What is his name? They're going to say, what is his name? Now, he done told them that he was the God of their fathers, but they had been under the influence of so many gods, and they had done been trained, if I just know his name, I know what I can expect out of him. I know what we can require him to do. And they're going to say to me, God, Moses is in conversation, and they're going to say to me, what is his name? And Moses said, what am I supposed to tell them? And God spoke, this is Exodus 2, 13 and 14 is where that's at if y'all want to write it down. And God said to Moses, tell them, I am that I am. I am that I am. He said, tell them that I am has sent you. Well, I am that I am is Eyer Asher Eyer. <laughs> and it literally means the self-existent one. It's the self-existent one. It's the self-sufficient one. So automatically, he was saying, I want you to tell them that the God whom nobody created sent you. He said, we got to get this right if I'm going to get them out. So tell them that I am has sent them. So when they stand there and start comparing me with other gods, every god in that kingdom was created by a man. But when you tell them I am sent you, you're telling them he's not the God created by man. He's the God who created man. 
Are you listening to me? And Eir Asher Eir actually means not only am I the self-existent one, I am the self-sufficient one. If you'll notice, all of their gods are being carried on carts, the Bible says, and they carry their God wherever they want him to be. He said, but I'm self-sufficient and no one carries me, but I carry you. Oh, I need somebody to listen to me. Amen. I need you to tell them that I am has sent you to get them out. There is no comparison to all the other gods. Amen. When you start comparing them to me. But God had so much, I'm going somewhere, stay with me. But God had so much trouble putting his capacity in a name. So he said, just tell them I am. <laughs> In other words, what you need. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? What you need, that's what I am. You need deliverance, I'm the deliverer. You need healing, I'm your healer. You need salvation, I'm your savior. So God said, it's so much trouble for me, amen, to put my identity and my capacity into one name. Matter of fact, the Bible we are introduced to God is Elohim in the book of Genesis chapter number one. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, Elohim. Amen. Elohim means the creator and the ruler of the entire universe. Soon as we meet God, we meet him in everything you look at, my God created I got to go somewhere, but y'all ought to help me right there. Amen. That's the God I serve. He created everything. He rules everything. He's in control of everything. But he was so big that that, he was so much bigger than just that. So in Genesis, we meet him again, and we meet him as El Shaddai. El Shaddai means I am the God Almighty. (laughs) Amen. You see, you don't understand. They know all kind of gods. But now God is saying, I'm the Almighty God. There is no other God like me. Oh, my God, Sister Beth, I know your mind's running 100 miles an hour because there's about 100 zillion names of God. (laughs) Amen. And then again, we're introduced to him as El Elyon. That means God Most High. I found out when I preached in Africa where there's a whole lot of gods. See, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to stay with me. Amen. When I preached in Africa, I didn't know their culture. And I noticed while I was on the platform, I would say, God. And I had an interpreter, and I would say, God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost would say, say the Most High God. And I didn't know why. And I preached an entire sermon without any tutor, without anybody teaching me. And I would say, God. And then I would turn around and say, the Most High God. But what I didn't realize, it is their culture to worship many gods. And I could have been preaching on any God. But when I identified him... As El Shaddai, the Most High God, I identified him as he's more powerful than any sun god. He's more powerful than any moon god. Tell your neighbor he's talking about your God. I'm talking about El Shaddai. And then God spoke again to me and said, uh, uh, oh yeah, Moses, Abraham knew me as, uh, who did Abraham know me as? Abraham knew me as God Almighty. That's all I know is God Almighty. But I want him to know me in another capacity. So I'm going to send him up on a mountain. I'm going to ask him to offer his son, but I'm going to provide a lamb. And Abraham's going to back up and say, oh my God, El Shaddai is Jehovah Jireh. 
Are you listening to me? Not only is he almighty God, now he's my provider. My God, I got to stop and teach. Are y'all listening to me? And he goes on and on and on and on. And, and, and then they got bit by snakes in the wilderness. And they didn't know God like that. They just thought he was almighty and a provider. But they started getting bit by snakes. And Moses said, well, just raise up a serpent on a pole and you'll be healed. And then all of a sudden they started calling him Jehovah Rapha, which means the God who heals me. Ask your neighbor, do you know him? Isaiah said, what is his name? What is his son? name can you tell it some of you don't know him as Jehovah Rapha you've heard he was but you've never been there long enough to find out if he is I gotta get to my illustration so let's come out of the Old Testament into the New Testament for the sake of time did you notice that Jesus said In John 5, I have come in my Father's name and in his power. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. Remember what I told you a name is? A name is the, now we're talking about God, so we're going to say it's the divine essence. It's the intrinsic essence of God, the intrinsic person of God. It's the personality of God. It's the nature of God, right? It's the character of God. And last but not least, it's the power and the authority of God. And Jesus said, amen, I came in the name of my Father. Amen. I have come to bring glory and honor to my name. Remember, Josh, y'all preached a message here a while back. It said, Jesus was in prayer before he went to the cross and said, Father, I have manifest your name to the people. I have, you know what that means? God, I have exposed your character to everybody around me. Come on, you got to get this for where we're going. Everywhere I went, I exposed your nature and your character because I operated in your name. So because Jesus... Because of Jesus' humility, because of his willingness to surrender his exalted position with the Father and become the servant of man, my text, right? God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. He has highly exalted him and given him a name. He has given him position. He has given him power. He's given him authority Based on his character. Yeah. Did y'all catch that? Divine authority was based on his character. Because he exalted him because he was willing to humble himself. Pride will rob us of power. Verse 29 said, God gave him a name. Gave him authority, gave him character, gave him reputation above every name in the heavenly realm. Right? Is it in your Bible? Every name in the earthly realm and every name, power, dominion in the demonic realm. He is high and lifted up. There's no, he has no rival. Are you following me? He's at the exalted right hand of the Father. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 1 and 4 says, as great as the and powerful as the angels are in heaven, 
Jesus supersedes them in position because he obtained a more excellent name than them. They're so powerful. But they're servants to Jesus Christ because he's so exalted. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other name. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven. There is no other name under heaven given whereby we must be saved. In other words, there's no other form of authority. No one else has the power to save us but Jesus. You, you, you got to get this. There's organizations, institutions that have the ability to help you control tendencies. Yeah, they're doing it every day. Doing it other day, every day. They help you by sheer willpower to control tendencies. But they do not have the power to break the tendency. Oh my God. The name of Jesus doesn't teach me how to control tendencies. It gives me the power to save me from those tendencies. God, thank you for your testimony. And on the birthday of the New Testament church, my text, Peter came out of the upper room preaching and in that message he said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What's that mean anymore? What's it look like anymore? He preached Jesus Christ crucified. He preached the one you killed got up. You killed him and he got up. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And this Holy Ghost we have is the proof he made it. That's what Peter told them. And they're saying, oh my God, we can tell by what's all over you. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. Amen. And they, the Bible says when they heard it, they were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody tell your neighbor, he ain't talking about water yet. Write this down. The word baptized comes from a word that I've never heard anybody use, Jimbo. I don't know people use this word. But it actually means, if you break it down in your Bible, in the Greek, it means to be whelmed. Whelmed. W-H-E-L-M-E-D. Now, if I'd have said overwhelmed, you would understand it. So, when he said every man must be baptized in the name, he was said every man must be overwhelmed in the name of Jesus. Now, let's go a little further. Are you writing notes? Baptized means whelmed, overwhelmed. It means to be engulfed. It means to be submerged. 
in what? In the name. It means to be submerged. Here's one that will help you understand the Romans. It means to be buried. Yeah, it's all in your Bible. The word baptized means to be buried. Immersed. Is that enough? So baptism is actually a derivative from the word baptizo. Which means to cover completely like a garment being covered in dye. Somebody say baptized in the name of Jesus. Like a garment being covered in dye. And, and, and the last word in the Greek means to dip. <laughs> Been dipped. In what? Which is, which, oh, come on, yes. So according to Acts 2.38, salvation is a depth. Give me that scripture back. I want you to see it. Acts 2.38, salvation is a depth of repentance. That, re- that produces a baptism. Oh, come on, mama, you catching it? According to Acts 2.38, salvation is a depth of repentance that produces a submerging in the name, in the character, in the reputation, in the divine essence. Of an almighty God. Oh, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to get to preach it. But in the authority of an almighty God. Josh, come up here and help me. While, while he's getting ready, I'm going to tell you that again. To be baptized means to be overwhelmed with something. Completely submerged in something. It is literally equivalent to die. A garment being dipped in dye until the previous characteristics of the garment can no longer be seen because now they have been submerged in the character. Oh, somebody help me right now. Amen. Listen to me. I believe we can be baptized in that water in the name of Jesus. But my scripture says be baptized in the name of Jesus for what? For remission of my sin. I can baptize you all day long and I can say in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, in Adonai, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I can name any name. But unless you have been submerged into the character and the nature of Jesus Christ, you're going to come up just as lost as you went down. No wonder John said, I ain't baptizing you in water until I see some fruit that you've been baptized into a higher power. Amen. See, when we say baptism, we automatically think of water. I could preach all day on baptisms that have nothing to do with water. Matter of fact, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me. He's going to baptize you in what? He's going to baptize you in what? He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hey, uh, when the disciples came to Jesus, uh, John and James, and said, Lord, we want to sit on your right hand. He said, oh, yeah? Can you be baptized with what I'm going to be baptized with? Can you be overwhelmed with death? Can you go through persecution? 
So we've put one thing on this scripture right here and we've missed the whole thing of what real salvation looks like. All right, Josh, hold up my shirt. I'm going to give you an illustrative message. My, remember now, Acts 2.38. Salvation is a depth of repentance. It's a depth of submerging. Hold up sin. It's submerging in the name through repentance. The character, the divine essence of Almighty God. Baptize that dude in the name of Jesus. Whoa, whoa. See all them lines? Uh huh. Put yours in there. Yours was addiction, right? She just gave her testimonies. Amen. Uh, some of yours was just stupid. You just just put stupid there. Yeah, that was me. I was stupid. Am I spitting all over you? Amen. Hey, listen to me. Just put it there. Put it there. That's when you was lost. Can I get a witness? Come on, Ash, 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 Asher, Ashley. You ought to be shouting right now. Amen. Because how many of these blanks was full of your old character and your old nature? But Nicodemus, if you can be born again, you can be dipped. You can be baptized. You can be submerged. You can die from this into the name. This is him. Go ahead and baptize him in the name of Jesus. Something's happening down there. I said, something's happening down there. This ain't no baptismal pool. Are you listening to me? This ain't no baptismal pool that we put you down and say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. That's a reflection of what's happening right here. Repentance has submerged you. Oh, God, everything you saw of me while ago, you can't see me no more because I've been submerged. I've been buried. Oh, somebody, if you can relate to this, you ought to get on your feet right now and give God some glory. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Amen. Now I, it's gone. Somebody tell your neighbor, thank God it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Listen, stay there, Josh. Stay there. Oh, my God. Give me my scripture right now to bring it home. Jason, help me out, buddy. Galatians 3.27. And I want everybody to read it out loud. Let's do it out loud. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on. Oh, somebody help me right there. Hold this right here. Amen. Somebody read that scripture out loud. Everybody read it, read it, read it. As many of you kind of tight, mama, has been baptized. Where? Baptized where? Baptized where? Baptized into Christ. Has put on Christ. I wish I had a red suit to cover everything. Amen. And now I put on his nature. I put on his character. Listen, listen, listen. Listen. <laughs> Mama's preaching. Now you don't see me no more. You see who? 
You see Jesus. You see the character of Jesus. Whatever happened to true salvation? Whatever happened? We've never went to a degree of repentance that produced a degree of remission. Listen. You shall be baptized as many. A lot of y'all have been baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And some of you have been baptized in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But a lot of people that got that baptism never got that baptism. Because we're still struggling. Hmm? Talk loud, I'll preach your stuff. Write this down. Leave my scripture up. For as many who has been baptized into Christ, they're the ones that have put him on. And Ephesians, or is it somewhere in the Bible, it says, pull off the old man. I did that while I was in there. I did that while I was in there. How'd I pull him off? I killed that sucker. <laughs> I killed him. I died to him. Are you listening to me? I was buried, covered up. Amen. Some of us are still having trouble with sins because we don't understand repentance. Some of us are still having trouble with sin because we didn't plunge him through repentance. Because God can only bring remission to a sin that has been repented of. So what does repentance mean? To change your mind? Well, that's half of it. But if you'll look it up, it means, what's that word? Oh, to change your mind because of compunction. What's that mean, Bliss? <laughs> I didn't know either. Compunction means guilt. You changed your mind because you heard a truth that made you realize you're living in sin and you were so compuncted. <laughs> you were so convicted. It brought so much guilt. You said, I got to get in the tub. I got to get in the blood. I got to get, okay. get in the blood. I got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Somebody help me preach right now. Amen. I'm tired of struggling with this thing. I'm going to dip it. Oh, you didn't repent if there was no godly sorrow over your sin. You just sorry because that sin is wrecking your life. Paul said, I sent a letter to you and made you sorry. And he said, it hurt me at first. He said, but now I'm happy because your sorrow led to repentance. <laughs> and it was to your good. Are you listening to me? People are wanting to hold on to their sin and be baptized in the water. Or some don't want to hold on to sin. They just didn't know the depths of baptism. <laughs> Did I give y'all the definition for in two? For many as have been baptized into Jesus. They have put him on. That shirt came up a whole different. It came up different. It came up different. <laughs> 
That's so good, it came up different. I went to an altar one time too, sis. Amen. And I come up different. Oh, somebody help me. Amen. People are going to an altar and not coming up different. I just came up different. Why? Because I was so sorry for my sins and it was ruining my life. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sorry because I was doing it. I was sorry because of what it was doing to me. I was sorry. But godly sorrow always produces repentance. And I'm going to teach you, true repentance always produces remission. Let's go further. Oh, did I give you all the definition for into? Into means becoming enclosed or surrounded by something else. For as many as are enclosed or surrounded into Christ have put him on. Got him on now. Here's one for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Just show you. I'm not twisting the scripture. For by one spirit we were what? Baptized into what? Not by one preacher. Not by one deacon. Not by one elder. There was a spiritual baptism that happened right here at an altar of repentance before a preacher ever got his hand on me. Amen. You ain't got to have a preacher baptize you. You can get my little grandson up here and baptize you. Amen. All you're doing is a public visual of what should have happened at salvation. I was baptized into this body. Of Christ, I was baptized in this body by the Spirit. And the result of baptism in the name of Jesus will be, or the Bible is a lie. So you're going to have to challenge your experience with the truth. The result of this baptism into the name of Jesus will be Remission, give me Acts 2.38, remission of sins. Okay, remission comes from a Greek word that means freedom, pardon, deliverance, cancel, liberty. Can I give you just some more? I just need you to know what remission looks like. Remission in definition number two means to send forth. That's important. I'm going to share something with you. To send forth. Your sins were sent away. It means to lay aside, leave, send away. It means separation from, departure, cessation, completion, reversal. All that is remission. He said, if you get baptized in the name of Jesus, sin will go into remission. For you that's ever had to deal with cancer and situations like that, cancer sometimes will go into remission. And that literally means, no, man, I, I looked that up. I, I love the definition. I shared it with you. No evidence of a past disease. It goes into remission. This is a level of salvation I'm not seeing a whole lot nowadays because we don't understand being baptized in the name of Jesus. How? Through deep 
repentance. All of these definitions that I give you of remission is a New Testament picture of an Old Testament scapegoat. You ever heard that? I don't know if you've heard scapegoat, but did you know that's in your Bible? And when Israel sinned, the priest would bring two goats. And he would stand before the altar and he would slay this goat and shed his blood. But the other goat, Aaron, laid his hand on his head and started confessing all the sins of Israel. He just started confessing every sin with his hand laying on his head. Head meaning responsible, leader, God, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Man of authority. And he would lay it on his head. And when he got through confessing all the sins, they would send the goat to the wilderness. And it was a picture of through my confession and through the blood of another goat, my sins are being taken away. Because the blood of bulls and goats could not change the heart. Amen. But isn't it amazing that John the Baptist stood on the Jordan River and was standing there baptizing people in water and said, Whoa, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus became the sacrificial lamb and the scapegoat. Thank God I don't just repent of my sins and still carry them. There is a remission because they've been the Father put all of our sins on the head of our Savior and He killed them. He killed them. Can y'all receive this level? I got this message in a dream. You, ever, you remember the scripture in Psalms 103 and 12? He has put my iniquities as far as it is from the east to the west. Why am I struggling with something that's so far from me? Somebody help me preach. So Luke 24, Jesus said, thus it is written. Are y'all still with me a few more minutes? Jesus said, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Jesus' words. And that repentance and what? Oh, it's not up there. I'm sorry. That is it's Luke 24, 46, and 47. Jesus said, and that repentance... And remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. I'm afraid we're preaching repentance and have not understood remission. So I don't expect my sins to be gone. I just expect to disciple myself until I can control them. Help me, Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, salvation is not discipling myself till I become a better person. Salvation is dying in repentance and becoming another person. And his name is Jesus. That's what Paul said, Galatians 2.20. 
I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ is living in me. And the life I now live, I live by the belief system of Jesus Christ himself. Can I tell you, sin only goes into remission where there's been a true baptism. Can y'all help me? I tell you, I'm swimming upstream. Because we haven't preached the truth. You shall know the truth. Because we haven't learned to preach remission. We're carrying things that God put on Jesus. Are you listening to me? We're carrying things that God put on Jesus. And if my sin hadn't gone in remission, it's still eating. It's still eating like a cancer. What's the remedy, Pastor? Baptism is going down. <laughs> it's going down. It's going under. And it's refusing to come up until the blood has done its work. It's not a, I'm going to try to do better. Amen. And, and I've just prayed and, and now I got to go out there and fight this thing on my own. Jesus said to preach repentance and crucify. Uh, give me that scripture back. He said, preach repentance and remission of sins. Sin does not go into remission until there's been a true baptism in the name of Jesus. Until there has been an overwhelming with Christ and engulfing. A being fully submerged. It's Luke 24, 47. Fully submerged. Buried by repentance. Now all the scriptures make sense, Josh. Romans 6, 3 says, Know you not that so many of us... Oh, this is good. Look at this one. No, don't you know... That so many of us, remember, notice how he keeps saying that? Because all of us here haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus. It just is what it is. I didn't say you wasn't part of the church. But a lot of us haven't experienced this level of baptism because we've never experienced a deep level of repentance. It's a changing of the mind that came from an extreme guilt of when Jesus shed truth in my life. Know you not, many of us were baptized into Jesus, were baptized into what? Next scripture, into his death. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you, I'm so bad about that. Verse 4 says, therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death, that like Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so you and I, huh, come on somebody. Huh? You can't even recognize me no more. I wish I was covered in red. You can't even recognize me no more. I don't even recognize you no more. I sat over and cried over your testimony, girl, because I can't see you in that shape. Is anybody listening to me? I can't even see you in addiction. I can't see you living in an in a, a, a abandoned house with no electricity. I can't see that no more. Why? Because you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, and all I see... As I've been resurrected in the newness of life. There can be no resurrection until there is a baptism. It's kind of hard for y'all to put them together, ain't it? 
I'll say it like this. There can be no resurrection until there's been a burial. I'm going to say it again. True salvation is not an endeavor to becoming a better person by way of discipleship, but rather becoming a new person by way of submersion into the name of Jesus. By way of repentance. And then repentance always produces remission. Cancellation. Uh, Brandy taught me a word one time. Uh, and it's what it is. It's a... Uh, uh, expulsion? Expulsion? You know when they clear your record? Expunge. I never heard that word till Brandy shared it with me. She, she was so excited about somebody being expunged. It may have been you. I don't know. It was you. And expunged means they go in and wipe your record out so when you walk into a place of business or anywhere else, they can't look you up and see what you've done. Amen. Baptism brings expunging. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Amen. You have been expunged. Are you listening to me? High five your neighbor and tell them, I have been expunged. Amen. It's like I've never done it. I'm separated from it. Jesus, has anybody in this place ever been baptized? Get on your feet and give God some glory. Give God some glory. My record's clean. Oh, I feel like shouting now. I was a drunk, but my record's clean. I was religious, but my record's clean. Though you singe me as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. That's what baptism does in the name of Jesus. I'm clean. Now, when I'm going online to get a job, it can't come back denied because of your past. Now the devil can't come up to me and say, you ain't worthy because what you've done. You can say, devil, you just put your little finger up and come on out of there and say, devil, I've been expunged. <laughs> I've been expunged. Every lie, I've been expunged. Y'all ain't listening to me, amen, because I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. And listen, I, I've preached long enough, but sit down just a minute. That ain't all. That ain't all. Let me throw this out here and we'll go. Tell your neighbor, but wait, there's more. Huh? You know when you're doing Facebook and you're trying to watch a video and it said, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Those who have been baptized in the name of Jesus have been baptized in his character, his divine essence, his position. We've been seated in heavenly places far above True baptism gives you power. Power above every realm. In heaven, in earth, and in the demonic realm. His name. So when I'm walking in this name, 
come on. When I'm walking in his name, no matter what I face, I have authority over that thing. It can't control me. It may be trying to take me under. I'll just step out of the boat and walk right on top of it. Oh, I didn't say it made you immune to the storm, but if I'm in the name, the storm don't get in me. Amen? A boat floats in the water. It belongs in the water, but the water don't belong in the boat. If the water gets in the boat, the boat sinks. We're in this world, but as long as the world don't get in me, I can... Oh, that will work. I can just float around. I can have peace that surpasses all. Somebody ought to help me preach. But I'm I'm finna quit though because, but wait for it, wait for it. (laughs) I need you to ask your neighbor, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? And then tell them, and then tell them, (laughs) Brady won't dive in this bucket. Then tell them, he ain't talking about water. I ain't even being, I ain't preaching against being baptized in the name of Jesus in that water. I mean, I mean we do that, right? I do that. Some of you may do something else. I'm not, I'm not preaching against it because I do it. But if there hadn't been this baptism, that baptism does nothing. Matter of fact, this name, this name, this name, amen. It's not just the name that possesses the power It's the possession of the name. Come help me, babe. This might get embarrassing. It ain't just the name. It ain't just the name. It's the being baptized in the name. It ain't just the water. It's being baptized in the name. And I can prove it to you because they were some young sons of the priest that decided, wow, there is power in that name, so we're going to use the name, and we're going to cast the devil out of Joe. (laughs) And so they came, but they didn't have, they didn't possess the name. They didn't possess the character of the name that they were going to use. And your Bible says, we, they said, we command you in the name of that Jesus Paul preaches about, you come out of him. And the Bible said that devil looked at him and said, really? I don't recognize you. I only recognize authority. Somebody... <laughs> I don't rec- I'm sorry I don't recognize you. You ain't dressed right to be dealing with me. Oh my God, somebody help me. You ain't even dressed right to talk to me like that. Amen. You ain't dressed right. I can tell by the way you dress. He said, that devil told him, I know Jesus. I recognize the authority in Jesus. I recognize the authority in Paul. But you, really? And your Bible says the devil jumped on all seven, stripped them naked, and was herding them down the street. 
<laughs> Don't really say that, but it was kind of what happened. Are you listening to me? And fear fell on the whole city. So, oh my God, it's the name. It's the name. It's the Christ. Are you listening to me? And they didn't possess it. Maybe we're getting beat up all the time because we don't understand baptism. Come here. Maybe. This is repentance. This is what repentance looks like, y'all. Forgive me, Lord. Maybe we're winning battles because we're not dressed right. <laughs> Are you listening to me? We're not dressed right. You know, Paul said, take up your cross daily. Now that I understand the definition, it really means be baptized daily. Somebody tell your neighbor, get baptized every day. Get baptized in the name of Jesus every day. Get plunged into the name of Jesus every day. Because sometimes you start to fade. <laughs> Golly, I'm telling you, I wish he'd give me more dreams in my, I mean, more messages in my dreams. If you're getting weak, you need another deal. But you can't even get in there but by way of repentance. Quit wrestling that devil and repent. Quit wrestling that addiction and repent. And don't even repent until you can conjure up a tear. <laughs> and what I mean by that, don't even repent until you really have godly sorrow that I have offended God and I have offended the nature of God. So I'm going under until you pick me up in resurrected life. Wait for it. Those who have been baptized into the name shall exercise power in the same baptism. Mark 16, 17 and 18 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Somebody say it with me. In my name shall they cast out devils. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. In my name, give me another. Did I give you anything else? <laughs> I'll give it to you. In, in my name, they shall take up serpents. In my name, if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If I can't cast a devil out, If I can't deal with demons in my life, it's because I don't possess the name. So I sure can't deal with demons in your life. I need to be baptized again. Can I tell you, just because you got saved, really saved, really baptized in the name of Jesus, to me, come on, it don't mean you ain't got to be baptized again. Tell your neighbor, he ain't talking about water. I got to get baptized again every now and then. Huh? I got to get baptized again when old flesh starts busting through the dirt. Anybody else in this place? Huh? And, and, and if I understand baptism, uh, you, you know, cancer goes into remission, 
But anybody that's ever had cancer, even if they go into remission, there is a chance. Unknown to scientists, there's a chance for that thing to take root again. Can, you tell, can I tell you, we all been saved from sin. We all got baptized. We're all in recession. But if I ain't careful, there's that old nature that has the potential to come back up in my life. So when he comes up, I got to do him like I do the, the weeds on Life Church property. I got to get my roundup out. I got to baptize that bad boy. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't in condemnation. You ain't got to give up because the old man tried to stick his head back up. Are you listening to me? Oh, no, no. That thing that was in recession, just trying to come back alive. No, don't quit. Don't leave the church. Just get rebaptized. Somebody help. Just get rebaptized. How, Pastor? Through repentance. So, in his name, and I'm quitting, his name is not only my salvation, it's not only my deliverance, it's not only my healing, it's my weapon. His name is my weapon. His name is my weapon, and I've learned today I can't use that weapon unless I carry the nature of it. I got to have the nature of it. I hear a lot of people proclaim the name of Jesus that it's nasty. They're ugly. They're rude. Oh, so you, you ain't dressed right. Got a whole lot of profession and not much possession. We hear people talk about demon possession all the time. Possessed by the devil. I want to preach on Jesus' possession. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm acting a little funny because I'm possessed. Somebody help. I'm possessed. I'm possessed by Jesus. Ain't, <laughs> ain't that what Paul said in Romans chapter number 6? I am a slave to righteousness. He was saying, I'm so possessed by holiness that it guides everything I do. Can y'all receive this level of preaching? Where's it go? Jesus said, I command you to preach repentance and remission of sins. So I got to quit. But let me tell you, not only does this name save me, Jody, not only has it delivered me, it's my weapon. I just got to learn to use it. You know what I thought about when I thought about that? It's a weapon of mass destruction. The Bible says the children of Ephraim, and brother, they were amazing marksmen. They could take a slingshot, they could take a bow, and they could just wreak havoc. And the Bible literally says they turned and ran in their armor with bows in their hands. They had the power to defeat it and was running in armor. We're running from things and allowing them to push us in bondage that we should turn and pull the name of Jesus. Stand with me all over this building. Come on, Courtney. Listen to me before they start playing. Sister Rosetta, this was such an established fact that name means power and authority that when Peter and John healed the cripple, 
the Sanhedrin brought Peter and John in front of them and said, we want to know by what power or name you did this in. You see what I'm saying? They understood name than power. But I hope you've learned today that name means nothing unless I'm hidden in it and I'm covered in it. I can't come before the throne of God and pray. I can come before God and pray for a sinner's prayer and I can come before God and pray, God, help me. I know sinners that God has helped, spared their lives and done this. Amen. But I can't come before God in the righteousness of Christ and bind devils and people's lives and pray for healing and nobody. I got to possess the name of Jesus. And now all of a sudden, you know that scripture we always quote that never knew what it meant? Whether two or three are gathered in, now does it mean more to you? Uh, that don't mean two or, two or three people in a church building. That means two or three people that's dressed like this. Jesus if you're dressed like this I'm in the mess why because I brought him Jesus has to be here I'm here oh God is that bold because I'm, I'm hidden in him he said when that happens I'm right there I'm right there I could go on and on and on and quote you scripture after scripture of everything we do has to be in the name of Jesus. So, now with a greater revelation, I'm going to ask you the question, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Let me ask you another question. Are you daily being baptized in the name of Jesus? I'm going to ask you a question. Have you received remission of your sins? I understand a lot of our experience don't line up with what I'm preaching and will struggle with. But God said, preach the truth. And I've just preached it. I broke it down every way I know how. That I come to tell you, you don't have to carry that sin because it was put on Jesus and he nailed it to a cross so it could go in remission. Discipleship classes has got to change from 12-step programs to helping me be a better me to discipling the God inside of you. I mean, training me how to walk in the, 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 how to navigate the new nature that's inside of me. That's what discipleship is supposed to, discipleship is supposed to enhance an experience that I had when I went down. My God, I don't know what to, I don't know what, what where you're at, but these altars is open to you. And if there's if there's something that you need Jesus to take, He cannot cause it to go in recession until there's been true repentance. So go after God right now. I don't care if you're in your pew, you want to come kneel in these altars. Repentance means there's godly sorrow in me because I know God ain't pleased. And God, I can't live. I can't live a life that's not pleasing to you. I need forgiveness. Let me tell you how you'll know you've been truly forgiven. It'll go into recession. It will. True forgiveness is the proof. 
Recession is the proof. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. My God, if nothing else, I need you to pray right now because I have just turned the tide on Acts 2.38. And I don't want anybody leaving here saying that pastor tore down baptism in water in the name of Jesus. I, don't, I ain't even going there today, Brother Kenny. We're going to a spiritual baptism today. Matter of fact, right where you're standing, why don't you just begin to pray? I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I want to come to church in one shirt like Pastor Love and leave here with another one. I want to come here in one way. And I want to leave here today in another way. And I, like Jesus, want to say, I'm coming in the name of the Father. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. Quit fighting things and repent over them. Quit condoning things and repent over it. And repent until Jesus raises you up. Until Jesus resurrects you in newness of life. Okay, that's good. Sing it out loud. Everybody, let's sing this song together. Now you're going to sing it from a whole new life. Nothing. What can wash away? Wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the And somebody help me. And you shall receive holy power. You shall receive the Holy Ghost. I'm just quoting scripture. He didn't say maybe you can have it. Maybe you can get this power. Maybe you can have it. If the baptism's right, the power's coming. what that scripture means to me if the baptism's right and I ain't got nothing on but Jesus you shall receive the Holy Ghost my God I just 
we got to quit, but I just feel the anointing in this house. God has turned the tables today. He shifted it. He shifted it. I need you to know this before you leave. Today, I was a farmer. I'm a sower, and I was sowing seed. Right? Okay, if I was sowing seed, I just sowed something that has the potential to be huge in your life. Go cultivate it. Go study it. Go turn it inside out. Pull from it. Learn it. Until the next time you hear yourself praying and you say, in the name of Jesus, it takes on a whole new... Five o'clock this evening, our Bible class is going to be getting together. It's getting really good. We're enjoying that. Come and be a part of it. We're going to be in one of these classrooms right here at 6.15. We're going to be in this sanctuary and we're going to be plowing because there's a crop coming to Life Church. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed. In the name of Jesus. Don't go out there if you ain't dressed right.